Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Hired Geek Podcast, episode number 71, with Meg Sunga from Presence, the host of the Will There Be Food podcast, an awesome new show, uh, kind of friend of the ConnectEDU network uh, with their new podcast. Um, just really uh, grateful to be able to talk more with Meg about her journey and the show and um, to be able to give them kind of a little signal boost and a little shout out. So definitely go check out their show, link it in the show notes. Um, but Meg was really was just a wonderful guest. I uh, really appreciated her energy and kind of authenticity and all that she shared um, and a couple of cool things that you can go check out uh, that she mentioned in the episode that are grabbing her attention. But yeah, really go check out uh, the Will There Be Food podcast. I've checked out a few episodes myself. Uh, it is a great new piece of content into the higher ed and student affairs world. So um, they're really doing great stuff and excited to see how that kind of grows and uh, uh, what other topics they explore in the future. But uh, without further ado, this is episode number 71 with Meg Sunga. Well, thank you so much, Meg, for uh, taking some time out here to uh, jump on for my show. I know you just launched, uh, as of the recording of this uh, podcast, your own podcast. So I always love talking to other uh, higher ed podcasters. But um, yeah. yeah, just uh, excited to learn more about your journey and your story and all the stuff that you're geeking out about. So we will uh, start out as we always do. If you just want to uh, intro yourself and just give kind of like a brief overview of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today. Sure. Well, thank you so much for letting me be on the show. It's exciting. This is my first in podcast interview, the flip side, right? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is a nice turn of events. Um, but yeah, a little bit about me. I am, hi, I'm Meg Sunga. Hello. Um, I'm the digital education creator for Presence. So what that is, is just a really fancy title for I create all of our webinars, ebooks, um, and different educational content for the company, but then also get to host the really cool podcast, Will There Be Food? Um, and so I didn't even know that was going to happen when they brought me on <laughs> to this position, so that was really exciting. Um, and so I'm this weird like amalgam of student affairs professional, but not, question mark. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as my professional journey goes, so a little bit about me, I am from Kansas City slash Houston, um, so that Midwest area is where I'm from. I went to um, University of Arkansas for undergrad, woo pig, even though we have a terrible football team. Sorry, anyone listening. Um, and then I went to University of Central Florida for grad school. And um, I was a transfer student, so I have a little bit of that experience um, coming into my higher ed career. Um, and I also have to shout out that I have a awesome, really large and really boisterous Filipino-American family um, that has helped me kind of navigate my journey into higher ed as a um, underrepresented female student. I also identify as bisexual. So like I'm kind of all over the place when I do my introduction because I have so many <laughs> intersecting pieces of my identity. Um, also, I just mentioned bisexual. Uh, shout out to anyone listening. Happy bisexual day. It is the 23rd. Um, so I always have to say, yeah, right. those are the pieces about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're recording this on that uh, special day. So just for the <laughs> for, for context. So uh, yeah, good timing on our part. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you uh, kind of did the overview of your journey and I guess, um, <laughs> I like how you kind of like, it was like the responsibility of like, you're like, yeah, I mean, like I have like the school pride and the mascot football team, not so great, but it's just like, I got to <laughs> do it, you know, cause it's like, yeah, go blue hens for university of Delaware. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're fine at sports. Um, <laughs> but, uh, cause yeah, I think, you know, I'm always interested and certainly always for like people who work in higher ed, they 
typically have some sort of formative experience in higher ed of like a mentor or um, an involvement or something that really kind of hooked them onto doing this work and supporting other students and everything. So um, I'm curious what that aspect maybe was for you in terms of like anything, you know, even broadly, I guess, you know, just your, your college experience that you had, um, like, what is it kind of meant for you personally and or professionally? Like what's the stuff that still resonates today? Absolutely. So I, so I mentioned I transferred from, um, uh, from one institution to another. I graduated Arkansas, but actually transferred from University of Houston. Um, and I always start off this experience when I recap, like how I got into the field and what, you know, my college experience had led me to the field. Um, because I transferred for a boy Mm. (laughs) and, uh, TLDR, me and that boy aren't together anymore. But what it did was I got to Arkansas thinking that everything was going to be perfect and that, you know, me and this boy were going to get married and I was going to become, I think I wanted to be a teacher at the time. And we were going to have um, all these army babies because he was in the army. And so that was honestly all I had for short-term and long-term goals. Um, So what the breakup led me to realize was I needed to, A, figure out my own life (laughs) and be to, you know, get involved and meet people because I had just wrapped my whole identity around this one human. Um, So in college and especially at Arkansas, my first steps into doing all of that was um, becoming an RA. And so for me, the RA experience was the best way I can explain it is the way that people get involved in like Greek life mm-hmm. or um, with any particular student org, like RA was absolutely my identity. That was my ride or die cause and experience. I loved it. I loved living, you know, with 75 rambunctious little, I don't want to say the words, but you know, like the lovable jerks that they can be sometimes. Anyone in housing will understand that. Like these are the students that you absolutely get headaches from, but then when they figure out what they want to do in life or, you know, the growth that can happen over the course of a year is really exciting and awesome. And so I loved being an RA because of all of those messy, wonderful details, Um, which then led me to finding my very first um, conversation with another housing professional. And she was like, do you think student affairs would be something you'd want to do? And I'm like, what the hell is that? Um, and so she brought me into, um, shout out to Dr. Heather Schneller. Um, she brought me into the NASPA undergraduate fellows program in which I was then paired with my very first NASPA undergraduate fellow mentor, Priscilla Javona. And that's where kind of my identity development took off. That's where um, I got to learn a little bit more about the field and I fell in love. And so um, all of those undergrad experiences kind of catapulted me into um, the higher ed sphere, into grad school and then working professionally um, for three years in housing at different colleges. And so it's been a wild journey so far. And I couldn't have gotten here without some really dope mentors um, helping me and coaching me along the way. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, and I think it, it, obviously like being an RA is like usually any institution has many of them to, you know, like every floor of every building and that kind of stuff. And so it's like, I feel like that's usually one of the, the common origin stories is like, you know, <laughs> that pipeline or like orientation leader, maybe you're like yeah. tour guide or yeah, like Greek life and just like, it was the same thing for me. And it just felt like it was so much of that kind of stuff that you're mentioning of like identity development or like developing your leadership style and, you know, the role Mm -hmm. you play in a team, like it's so good for that. And, um, so great too, that you got some great mentors along the way to help, uh, help you along as well. But, um, 
So I guess then we're getting kind of like the connective tissue to present day of, um, you know, you working in a very unique aspect within the higher ed world uh, mm -hmm. with present. So I guess kind of like if you want to set the pieces that led you there and then mostly <laughs> for just focusing on like what you enjoy most about working in this unique aspect, like you said, you, have, you know, uh, kind of a unique role doing this like digital content creation and everything which yeah. um, is something that you know I've always been like writing and podcasting and stuff on the side so just like <laughs> I, I love this space of like creating good content within the higher ed world just to help more professionals and everything so I guess like leading us to this point like how did you get here like to make that choice to do something a little bit different and what are you enjoying most about it right now sure so I was absolutely 100% a product of TPE um I went and did that experience in 2015 in New Orleans. Um, and because of that experience um, and my NASP undergraduate fellows experience, like NASP and TBE and all of those things were things I was always drawn to. Like I loved those environments, the conference, you know, experience. And um, so I found myself going to TBE as, you know, recruiting um individuals for, you know, res life positions. And then of course going to NASPA professionally. And so, um, every year I would just go to those two things and never in my wildest dreams <laughs> would I've ever thought that I would have found a job outside of higher ed at NASPA or TPE. So I thought that was really interesting. So, um, I'd worked as a residence life coordinator for three years and it was both as emotionally rewarding as it was emotionally draining, as many people know. And I knew that my fourth year was going to look a little bit different. I knew that I didn't want to be in higher ed or specifically in housing in my fourth year. So I was looking um, at different offices, you know, multicultural or even orientation and trying to figure out where I could see myself. Um, but it was hard for me to feel comfortable in any of those things. And I also didn't know how far I wanted to go up in the higher ed like hierarchy, mm -hmm. because as we know, like the higher you go, we lose touch sometimes oftentimes with our student facing interactions. And I was still at a point in my career where I still enjoyed that. I just didn't necessarily want that in housing. And so I was just struggling with like, what do I want to do? Um, and so I find it always funny when students would make their way into my office and be like, Meg, I don't know. I, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And I'm like, yo, neither do I. <laughs> like, I still don't know. Um, I'm the first person to ask these questions to. Um, but it was in 2017, I think was NASPA Philadelphia. And I remember going um, I wasn't able to go to TPE, but I had met with some folks who were still there and they were telling me about different open positions. Um, and I was honestly there just to connect with folks and network and, you know, go to sessions, nothing crazy. Um, and I was running around the first day trying to get to open session, first speaker. And I ran into the presence crew all in their purple shirts, um, handing out tickets for something. And I remember one of, um, my friends from grad school actually worked at Presence at the time. She still works here. Um, and I was looking for her. I was like, oh, is Alex there? And they were like, oh, no, she doesn't come in until tomorrow. Who are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm Meg Sanga, but I got to go because I need to meet up with other people. And they had given me, um, I guess, a ticket to sit close to the front. Ironically, I didn't use that ticket. Um, and Sorry, Presence. Um, and I don't know. I guess that was like their first impression of me is like, oh, hey, there's this girl that is a little crazy and running around. Um, and I didn't think anything of it. I was like, all right, cool. They're just some cool people, probably vendors are going to ask, 
need me to buy something later, whatever. Um, and then I was in the exhibit hall the next day or so, and I finally got to catch up with my friend. And I was grabbing a cup of coffee, and there was two of the presence people hanging out. And they basically um, saw me, was just kind of chatting up, no big deal, small talk. But a woman had come up to ask them about their company. And I had mentioned, oh, yeah, we actually have presence on our campus, or we just had brought them on. And they basically turned to me like, oh, she can tell you more about all of your questions. And I had to basically dry pitch, <laughs> like our entire product and oh, what we man. do, um, without any prior knowledge of what I was going to say. Um, and I guess they liked it so much that they reached out after NASPA via LinkedIn and was like, "Hey, if you want to come down and learn more about what we do, come through." Um, so, it's just a long story to say that you never know what can happen. You never know what people are going to find you and where. And I honestly took this opportunity to work for this ed tech company because, because I didn't know what I wanted to do next, I was willing to do anything. And then because I took that risk, I was able to, you know, be here for a year, learn more about the company, learn more about, you know, how we affect higher ed. And then this opportunity to create educational content came up, which was, Honestly, it felt like they made this role for me. <laughs> and yet, nice. it, like serendipitously, like I was like looking at the job description. I was like, I do that. Oh, shit. I do all of that, too. Like, what? Like, that's so crazy. And so it wasn't until um, a former colleague that I worked with at Augusta University of mine, she had um, messaged me on Facebook and was like, did you see this job posting at your job? You should apply for it. So I thought that was funny that other people were seeing that and passing those um, things along to me. So um, that's how I got to where I am. And essentially now I just get to do what I've always done. Um, I've always done conference presentations. I've always, you know, put together trainings and webinars. And now I get to be paid full time for that. And it's kind of surreal. So yeah. yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. I'm God, I ramble. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's it definitely all like helpful context because I think, yeah, I've started to talk to people that way of just like now I've been working within sort of this higher ed tech world for uh, over three years and just like mm -hmm. meeting a lot of people in different uh, organizations and just really trying to like because I think you know a lot of the companies like will uh, like work together because like I know like uh, a lot of them will use like. Uh, there's like tutoring stuff that is out there in terms of like platforms mm -hmm. or like uh, learning management systems. So it's like, you know, like sometimes this is all, you know, certain companies are like built as like a, you know, sort of like Voltron of like all these other things or whatever. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you probably like know somebody that like came from another place or you use their tool or like, yeah. you know, I've been writing for presence. So I've like known you all and seen this journey that you all have been on and continue to uh, <laughs> be on in terms of like just more campus partners and everything, yeah. but just like not like that instance for you, like you, or just kind of maybe like right, right place, right time, or just like genuinely just meeting people and just be like existing in spaces and sort of thing. <laughs> like you weren't, yeah, being like, oh, I'm just going to like, you know, uh, linger here in their booth and just hopefully I could like show them how great I am at like talking about that thing. Because like, I think, you know, obviously nobody would do it that, that, to that extent. But like, I think if you or if people can kind of see how shallow like sort of your intent is sort of thing, it's like that mm -hmm. can kind of work against you and maybe, you know, it works out for some people, but sure. I think just genuinely building relationships before you need them kind of thing and like networking before you need it. And that kind of philosophy is tended to work out well for me and just kind of put good mm -hmm. energy out there. And, you know, you just don't know, you know, what might happen and what uh, role you might be looking for or something like it's made. Like you, you saw like where it's just like, wow, I mean, this just seems to be like, 
a good time and a, a great role and um like you had that time to it wasn't as if like you were working somewhere else and then this content creator role start you're like well i don't even know like who these people are but it, you know like you had the the opportunity to be there and know what their culture was like and the work that they were doing and be like yes i would like to stay here and i'd also like to do this thing instead of what i was doing you know like you it was yeah. a lot of like thoughtful kind of kind of information gathering and stuff like that so i think just yeah the advice of just genuinely building relationships with people and that um I think, yeah, I mean, just sometimes like the personality, obviously, like you, you got to showcase that you were good at the thing that you were doing uh, for them <laughs> once you started, but that yeah. like, even then it's like, if you're just building relationships and respecting that, I think like everything that you did prepared you well to make that transition into a very different uh, kind of organization and work and Absolutely. all that. Like I've, yeah, I've just talked to so many people about kind of making these sort of transitions. So now it's like, I feel like I like start like rambling or spiraling. Cause I'm just like, there's so much good <laughs> stuff. And I would want people to just know that there's so many more opportunities out there and just know what they yeah. are and how to find them. And that people's skill sets from like a master's program or working on a campus can be valuable in a lot of different ways. And um, just to be more, you know, more considerate of that, but absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, well, I guess in that, you know, if it's stuff that's, you know, for your current work that you're geeking out about or just like personally things that you're like really into, I'm curious, like what's grabbing your attention right now? And just like, mm -hmm. you know, what are you geeking out about and why? I guess, you know, just always curious to hear and just whatever way you might take it again, like more personal or more professional. Yeah. So I think professionally, a thing that I'm geeking out about, um, I think a safe answer would be the podcast. Now, yes, I'm very excited about yeah, Presence's yeah. podcast. Um, but more specifically, we were able to do an episode um, that'll be coming out right around Halloween time, very fittingly. Um, but we're talking about professional ghosting. Mm. <laughs> and my um, friend and colleague that I brought onto the episode, um, Carrie Hawes, she and I worked together at Virginia Commonwealth University um, my first year as a professional. So that was, oh my God, like 2015 maybe? It's a long time ago. Um, but she is working in career services or had worked in career services. And um, I brought her on to talk about what professional ghosting looks like in higher ed. It's essentially any time you've applied for a job and haven't heard back. Right, <laughs> and right. then get magically like an email a year and a half later of like, hey, we're still looking or would you still be interested? Um, and it's such an interesting phenomenon because it, is something that I always see someone post about on either like the student affairs job page or even like the expatriates of student affairs Facebook page. Um, and um, I find that it is a universal experience. Everyone's gone through it. And I'm geeking out about it because we are trying to present at NASPA because we want to explore more about what people's career experiences have been. So talking more about, you know, the job search from a grad lens, from a new professional lens, um, you know, searching outside of higher ed, but sort of like adjacent, so similar to like roles like ed tech and, mm -hmm. and other consulting services. Um, and just also understanding why, I think the bigger question for me, even beyond ghosting really is just, why are we searching and why aren't we keeping people if that makes sense. Mm. Like we search to like get up in their careers and to, you know, obviously move forward and get higher levels or higher, higher titles, more experience, more money, all of that wonderful stuff. But it's, I think there's also this underlying current nowadays with, you know, I don't think we're doing a good job at keeping folks um, and retaining them. And, you know, every higher ed 
Facebook page is always talking about burnout. And so all of these things right. are interconnected. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm geeking out right, uh, right at this moment um, in regards to professional realm. Um, and I think the only other thing that I'm geeking out currently is I am just constantly trying to find ways to fill the void that has been created since leaving the field, which is that mentoring piece. Mm. Um, because I honestly think that's the biggest reason why people will stay is like, I love our students. I love the day-to-day interactions. I love the mentoring. I love the professional development, the growth and personal growth and all of that. And so what I found is I found ways to supplement that. And I tell people that it's absolutely a hundred percent doable. Um, I am a big brother, big sister. I'm a big sister um, for a 14-year-old here in St. Petersburg. Um, We've been matched for about a year now. And she is so close to what my conversations were like with my freshmen that I lived with, um, which is really exciting. And, you know, to be able to talk to her about real things and to also joke with her and see her and challenge her um, is really exciting. And so I tell people all the time, I'm like, just because you're no longer surrounded by students doesn't mean you can't have meaningful relationships with them. Um, and I also find that at every, oh gosh, you know, undergraduate, you know, workshop, or I do a lot of conferences, um, I try to do my best to connect with those students there. So even though I don't see them every day, I'm like, hey, still keep in touch with me on social media, or, you know, let's do a call in a couple months to see how everything's, you know, going for you. Like, I like to be able to be a resource for, you know, college students, even if I'm not there. And also, it might be a little bit better for them, because I'm not Um, I'm completely unbiased to their, you know, current college experience. I'm not on campus. I don't know the people that they're talking about. And so I can just be that person who listens and provides resources and support or, you know, just validates them and cheers them on whatever they need. So that's kind of what I'm geeking out about right now. Yeah, Yeah, it's all good stuff. And uh, yeah, I've known some people that do. big brothers and big sisters and um it'd be like a really meaningful thing for them and i honestly just didn't connect the dots of just like that being a way to have that sort of mentoring in a uh, just a very like genuine personal way because i get you know a lot of people i think connotate it with obviously professional stuff and it has a lot of value there too but um it doesn't have to be just that of you know somebody like just within higher ed but mm-hmm. um yeah and i know for me too just like yeah still trying to be like plugged into like higher ed community and trying to um go to like there's some like networking stuff here in like Baltimore city and I'm um, going out to conferences more. So now like I kind of took a break, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, still putting a lot of importance on that uh, a lot more. So uh, currently, but um, yeah, I mean, that's all good stuff. Yeah. And you had a, a good episode on uh, burnout as well. And I'll make sure to like link out. Uh, Cause I think the timing of this, hopefully that, that other episode that you're mentioning may be um, out by that point. But um, mm. yeah, cause I think just like, yeah, that ghosting, there is so much like so many like big questions like you're kind of positing. Like it seems like perhaps like a benign thing, but it's like it's like it goes on a lot and it's been going on for a long time, I think. And just the fact, yeah, of, like how how much people have to like move to move up and just sort of like mm-hmm. these kind of like disruptions where I think just in so many aspects of life right now, there's just so much of like a focus on the short term. It yeah. can really hold organizations back and, you know, any organization back to just be perpetually having to like recruit and train and then somebody leaves and you have to get somebody out. like you can't be like okay somebody's been here for like years and they've been able to like really work towards longer term goals or like leave a legacy and like build something right um, 
because that's what I, you know, I hope is, I mean, I've been at places for, um, on average, like two years. And I think it, I've really, I felt like been able to, um, put my name on something, you know, like something got changed or improved, right. You know, um, helps kind of at least like shepherd through academic years or, um, help students through to, um, graduate in certain ways. So like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just like it, it's it's interesting. Yeah, just so many big questions from that. I'd be very uh, interested to see like kind of what you put together for a presentation on that, like giving it some like really quality time and like research and thought and preparation, and then like the kind of discourse something like that would inspire. Because mm-hmm. I think you know, obviously, a lot of people would have strong feelings about it, and then also just like really getting people kind of chewing on those uh, those big questions and um, yeah, just like what organizations can do. You know, any higher institution or you know, really in any organization can do to. Um, you know, just better support people and um, yes. those sort of things. But um, well, I guess then like uh, maybe a little bit more like, you know, kind of hobbies wise, or again, if, if it's stuff that maybe is grabbing your attention more uh, professionally related for all the things that you're doing now, but you know, like what are you reading, watching, listening to like any, all of those categories, whatever kind of comes to mind in terms mm. of just like the content that you're consuming, you know, like the things that you're, <laughs> you're getting into um, again, perhaps for like, you know, related to, um, your work or just stuff that you're doing for fun. Yeah. So I will say, so the one hobby I have, I have to shout out my one adult hobby. (laughs) Um, so the one thing I did pick up after leaving higher ed is like, it goes back to essentially what I was trying to do in undergrad, which is like, how do I find friends (laughs) Mm -hmm. and how do I make genuine friends as an adult? And I think that once you're outside of college and once you're outside of higher ed, it's even harder because those structures and those networks aren't, you know, being reinforced on the daily. And so I actually found my, you know, crew, my people, um, in the form of this adult summer camp mm-hmm. <laughs> called Camp No Counselors. And it's basically what I think all higher ed people um, should do someday is it's all of the orientation icebreakers. It's all of our, you know, housing, get to know yous, but like with a bunch of adults and um, in a stress-free environment, which is really cool. And what I love about it is beyond that, these people that I've met through that experience have been the friends that I've been able to have for the last couple of years. And that's really exciting um, because then they're completely outside of my higher ed network. They all have different jobs in different industries and are all, you know, lots of entrepreneurs and creators and just different variety of folks that I don't think I would have ever have interacted in my life. Um, And I think that that is so important to create those support systems outside of, you know, outside of the job and outside of, um, outside of the industry sometimes, because I think we kind of fester a little bit (laughs) as higher ed Mm. folks. Uh, so you need to take a break. And so I was able to do that for myself. So that's one of my hobbies is I go to an adult summer camp, (laughs) which sounds so lame, but it's also really great. Um, and, uh, I guess what am I listening to? What am I reading? Hmm. Honestly, Lizzo is my queen and savior of everything. She is wonderful. And I've been a stan of hers since like 2017. So I've seen her in concert twice now. Um, And she's all about love, self-love, authenticity, 
body positivity, all that good stuff. So as a woman of color, she is like the epitome of what I would love to be even like an ounce of because she just radiates just such confidence. So I love Lizzo and her music and everything she stands for. Um, And I've, okay, so this whole reading thing, like, let me be very clear. I love reading, but I'm also a lazy reader. And so I've been consuming audio books more (laughs) lately so i don't want to sound like i'm cheating but it's kind of cheating um but i'm i've just wrapped up uh, michelle obama's becoming and speaking of awesome uh women to look up to um she talks about her journey of how she went through her career and how she met barack and her time at the white house and because it's narrated in her voice on audible that's where I listen to it. Um, it's even more like compelling. Like you're like in the story. So for anyone who wants a good biography read, Becoming is fantastic. Um, my watching, I always have to tell people that, and they're gonna laugh at me because it's a kid show, but it's not a kid show. Uh, do you know what Steven Universe is? I know of it. Yes. <laughs> okay. So Steven Universe is the best thing on television <laughs> right now. I would bet money on it because even so Steven Universe is like 10 minute long episodes. So they're very short, easy to like run through like three seasons in like a day. Um, But what I love is Steven is like super inclusive. It's progressive. There's a lot of like LGBTQ themes and all of the problems that Steven goes through um, are solved by effective communication. And so, like, there's such great, powerful themes and stories and learning lessons for both children and adults. Um, And it's beautifully written and um, visually compelling. And I I stand for Steven (laughs) Universe. So I tell people, check it out. Because if there's anything that higher ed or any industry could use is a little bit more compassion. And for a 10-minute TV show, it's an easy way to learn that for sure. Yeah, because sometimes that's what's funny is like I know of things just because people love them so much. Like I, I, like if I saw like a still of it, I would be able to recognize it immediately. But I've never watched an episode. But I also just know that it has such a like deep fandom. Um, And did they have like a movie that just came out or is coming out soon? Like they just came out. Because yeah, I mean yeah, it's just like it's just so fascinating to me. Yeah, that like because I've seen yeah like headlines about it in terms of it's like really progressive sort of framing where, where I imagine it's probably doing it so like matter of factly because some mm-hmm. certain shows it's like you can tell that they're kind of like patting themselves on the back when they're doing like a storyline and we're like on one hand I'm glad this exists but also just like it sh- you shouldn't be like it shouldn't have to be this sort of like oh my gosh oh wow you know right like, it's just like just do it and be cool about it kind of thing or something yes. like just um because obviously it, that's what everybody else's stories are like you know they're just kind of matter right. of fact you know, you know right yeah. right I think because the author is I forget how she identifies but it's it's her voice and it's it is as authentic as it feels and I think that's what is a good it translates really well into the story um yeah it doesn't feel pushy it doesn't feel like it has an agenda it's just these are real stories and other people have these stories so why not share them so I'm just like oh yes for a kid's show I'm like y'all kids are lucky you know I had I had some really basic 
comic book and cartoon shows, which I love. <laughs> right, like, right. I love Lizzie McGuire, but like I was not learning things like this in Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think t- like watching like because uh, I think for me, like always being a proud geek and uh, watching all the like animated Marvel TV show mm-hmm. like X Men and Spider Man and stuff like that, just like watching them again, just kind of like how hokey they are because it like just, <laughs> they had to really hold back because it is just like yeah wolverine has like claws made out of metal it's like they just were always fighting like robots or they would just have kind of sparks going everywhere and everybody mm-hmm. just was like being thrown into things or whatever i'm just like not as cool as i remember it but i mean right. they really covered a lot of good stories in the x-men canon so i mean it uh, you know it's, it's good for what it's worth but like yeah now it's like there's just so many new platforms for content and just so many yeah. new great creators that are being able to really like kind of live out their vision you know uh, through their uh through the different shows and stuff like that it is uh it's pretty cool um and i guess if we want to give a hat you know tip of the hat of uh steven universe do you know if it's streaming anywhere anywhere that we could like yeah, yeah steven is definitely on hulu um okay, and on cartoon network itself so i'm sure the movie will be out at some point um but because it just came out i want to say in the last couple of weeks it probably isn't available just yet i don't want to say things and be wrong <laughs> so but hulu and definitely content network um i will ask you a question though if i can turn the tables on you um you mentioned x-men which is my favorite marvel um comic book and group who is your favorite x-men always been a cyclops guy myself because mm. um, i think i mm-hmm. always err on like kind of the boy scouts like good guy kind of characters <laughs> i think the comics have uh i don't know kind of uh tainted him a little bit from what I understand. Cause I'm not, I'm not a, like a huge habitual, like comic book reader. I, I usually sure. pick up a lot of like Spider-Man is like my favorite character of all time, but mm. um, yes. I sort of have at least a, an awareness of sometimes what's happening, like major storylines and comics. And it seems like Cyclops is a little bit gone off the deep end, but still, um, I don't know. It's an interesting character, at least to me in kind of the broad strokes, but you know, yeah, nice. I, do, I do love, uh, do love those kind of characters. So that's my, cool. that's my choice. Cool, cool. But, um, but uh, yeah, I feel like I'd, I would want to, and it's sometimes I like reading stories once they've like done the whole like trade paperback. Like I just want like, it's like just give me the whole thing so I can like sit down and just like blow through like yes. whatever major arc, you know, um, is going on. So it's like certain ones always like grab my attention. I'll be like, yeah, all right, give me that whole like book and I'll read it. <laughs> I don't want to wait for it. I just want it now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I guess it's just like, I've now been spoiled, which like this is going way off off kind of tangent, but just like now being spoiled was sort of like the streaming model of just like dumping a whole season and you can just kind of watch it at your own pace. Cause I think that's the yes. same thing. If you got like a whole book, it's like, yeah, I'm going to like read this whole story at my own pace versus like, you have to like, it's almost as if like you were getting a book, you know, like comic books, you know, they release week to week. It's like, if they, like, Oh, I'll just give you one chapter of a book and then you get the next chapter. And it's like, I, I ideally like, cause right now I'm watching um, Star Trek discovery Ooh. and they do release it week to week, but I'm watching it just like at my own pace because the season is done. But like as it's quote unquote airing on mm-hmm. a streaming platform, they release it week to week, which it seems like like the pendulum is swinging back that way. Because I think Disney Plus is going to do some shows that way, and Netflix is yes. start doing it. And they have, I guess, done it with some, and Hulu usually does it for their show. Like, I don't know. It's it's interesting. And I think some people do like it's like oh, I like watching like week to week because then you can like process with people or do whatever you know. Yes, um, both has their value, but. Um, great well uh yeah i mean we'll, we'll link out to some of that stuff uh it's just me, like geeking out because it's like i take entertainment very seriously I say, I, did I say that all the time on the show but um because yeah it's just like I, I, I one last thing i guess just appreciating for sure that like because yeah it's like 
you could just probably watch that cartoon and just be like, yeah, Steven Universe is like, it's fun and whatever. But like appreciating and emphasizing and celebrating like how much more and like how like, I think like good entertainment is, is that like it has yes. a lot of meaning baked in and yeah, it's not heavy handed or it doesn't feel pushy yes. or whatever, but it's just like, even if it's like silly stuff, cause like, um, for me, like community is this show like that I feel like was just so creative with like how it was just developed and mm-hmm. run and produced and everything. And like, um, cause I know there's the same people that do like, uh, Rick and Morty, which are also just like, it's that to like an insane degree of just like, they just are doing very weird creative stuff with that show. But like, yep. I don't know, but it's also just like, I don't know, very self-aware and kind of just like, I don't know, breaks down, uh, so just like these storytelling things, because that's the other thing is just like you saying that like, yeah, and they solve problems with effective communication, because like that is usually like I'm sure people probably like shout at their TV screens or whatever. Where it's just like these characters would have problems if they just talk to each other. They're, yeah. like, they're always like lying or keeping secrets or like being like moody and mysterious and just being mm-hmm. like, you wouldn't understand. And just, like, <laughs> you just talk to them. I'm sure they would. They would help you. And it's not going to be like this whole problem. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that's so funny. Um well, yeah, so we will wrap up here um, on the optimistic note that I always like to end on. Um, what, yeah. are, what is something or what are some things? So if it's one or multiple things uh, you are looking forward to in your job, life, and or the world. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to break it up. I will say one thing, I'll try, and I'll try to be concise as possible. One thing I'm super excited for is I'm turning 30 this year. And the big 3-0 is a big deal for me because – I, as someone who like loves celebrating birthdays, like this is a big one. Like this is a whole new decade in your life. So I am doing, and people are going to laugh because this is definitely on brand. I'm doing a Lizzo themed brunch Mm -hmm. called Meg's Bottomless Bottomless Mimosa Party Mm -hmm. in which everyone has to wear fun bottoms um, to my brunch. (laughs) <laughs> and so that could be like shorts or skirts or you know like anything any costumes at all um because Lizzo is always seen in like body suits and so I want to embrace body positivity at my birthday and we'll see how many friends are actually willing to dress up for that so it's also a test to all of my friendships and see how ride or die they are um with that so <laughs> that is one thing I'm looking forward to. That's in November. Um, I'm also looking forward to um, seeing in my entire family um, for the first time in a very long time. That means like I mentioned earlier, I have a really big Filipino family. So like cousins, um, aunts and uncles, my own parents, my siblings, people from all over the country, maybe from the Philippines are coming into town. My aunt and uncle um, are having their 50th wedding anniversary here in Florida. So excited to have kind of a family reunion. Um, and last but not least, I'm really excited for NASPA 2020 um, in my home state of Texas because, A, it'll be my first NASPA um, as this podcast host mm-hmm. um, for Will There Be Food. So it'll be exciting to have some specific Will There Be Food conversations. We're trying to plan some really cool things for that conference. Um, hopefully maybe do some live interviews. I don't know. Um, but also the fact that I get to show all of my presence coworkers what Texas barbecue really means. And I get to be super pretentious and proud that my barbecue is better than what they think their barbecue is. So... Oh. <laughs> 
Um, most importantly, I get to share all of my favorite food spots with my coworkers. So yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, those are my three things. A lot of good things. And I turned 30 earlier this year. Um, ah, congrats. Yeah, not so bad on the other side. I don't know. It's so weird like, <laughs> thinking back, like when you're like a teenager or something, it's like, oh my God, 30 years old or whatever. I'm just like, right. Yeah, it does not feel that much different. But, um, yeah, that sounds like, yeah, just the idea of just like seeing when people show up and be like, all right, I mean, I'll take it, you know, in terms of just like they go to these like pants and you're like, yeah, all right, man, fine. Or just be like, no, it's not good enough. You know, not good know. enough. You got to take your yeah. pants off. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no that's, uh, yeah, all good stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping to also potentially go to that NASPA. It'd be the first, first NASPA for me ever. Um, <gasps> so I'd be very uh, interested to see if I can uh, make that one work. But because um, yeah, I've just generally gotten the itch to like get back out to those. And I feel like that would be an awesome yeah. so, let um, me know and i'll take you a to a good barbecue spot and b <laughs> um make sure you get all of the good vendor stuff there because there's uh, a key to free stuff <laughs> <laughs> right, just like the master showing you know <laughs> um awesome well uh thank you so much for being a wonderful guest and sharing all that you did and um, we'll have ways to connect with you and uh the podcast and everything that you mentioned down in the show notes but um yeah just thank you for your time and uh yeah, it was yeah. really great talking to you Thanks, Dustin. Appreciated talking to you. This podcast is part of the Connect EDU podcast network, bringing together diverse voices in the higher ed community. Check us out on Twitter at ConnectEDUPod or at ConnectEDU.network. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.